0: Well, there is this quote that is attributed to Benjamin Franklin. I'm not sure if he's the the first one to say it, but he's maybe the most famous person to say it at least. Uh, He says that nothing in this world is certain except death and taxes. Maybe you've heard that before. Nothing in this world is certain except death and taxes. Uh, I don't think Benjamin Franklin is wrong about that, but there is a third certainty that I would add to his list, and that certainty is adversity. A- adversity. You know, things in this world have a way of, of falling apart. Things often don't go as planned. Things often don't go our way. And that means that sooner or later, in one way or another, all of us have to face. Adversity. Uh, sometimes that adversity is relatively small and, and minor. You know, uh, one day, a couple of weeks ago, my car battery died, my computer died, and one of my kids got sick all on the same day. Now, in the grand scheme of things, that's not the end of the world, but that day I was feeling a lot of adversity. But but sometimes the adversity that we face in life is much, much bigger. You know, the, the loss of a loved one or a scary diagnosis or a financial crisis of some kind, whether it's big or, or whether it's small, sometimes things don't go our way. In fact, I think that probably every single one of you watching this right now could name a number of things that are not going your way even as we speak. So adversity is a, an unavoidable part of life. And that means that a question that all of us have to wrestle with is not, will we face adversity? Uh, it's not, how can we make sure that, that we never have to face adversity? It's, it's ultimately unavoidable. But the question is, how will we handle adversity? What will we do when things are not going our way? And it's important to think about this because there's a whole lot at stake, right? There's a whole lot at stake in how well we can handle adversity. When we don't handle adversity well, it can be deeply, deeply destructive. Many of us know this from experience, right? Like if I have a really bad day at work and I come home and I yell at my wife and I yell at my kids and I take it all out on them well, that's just damaging the most important relationships in my life. That's taking a bad situation and making it even worse, right? Or if I lose a loved one, and in the pain of that, I end up pushing away every other person in my life who loves me, then that's just going to leave me more isolated and more lonely. It's taking a bad situation and making it even worse. If I lose my job, and in the, the anxiety uh, of that to, to cope, I, I end up abusing alcohol or prescription drugs, or I turn to, to pornography, or I develop an unhealthy relationship with, with social media or, or something like that. Now, all of that just takes a bad situation and, and makes it even worse. When we don't handle adversity well, it can be deeply, deeply destructive for us. It affects us and our health. It affects our, our relationships. And so it's very important that we all have ways of handling it well when things don't go our way. And when I say handling it well, I'm not talking about pasting a fake smile on our face and pretending everything is fine when it's not. No, I'm, this is not a sermon about the, the power of positive thinking or, or anything like that. When I say handle adversity well, I mean, handle it in ways that keep us moving forward rather than, than backward. Uh, ways that, that help us to, to be constructive during those times rather than destructive. Uh, again, it's important for us. It's important for our relationships. It's, it's even important for our faith and our relationship with God. Uh, well, as it turns out, as it turns out, uh, God knows that this is important for us, and God also knows that this is something that we often struggle with, and that's why Scripture offers us guidance about all of this, guidance so that even when things are, are not going our way, whether that's big things or, or small things, uh, we can continue to be the people that God is calling us to be, and even in spite of all of that, we can continue to live the kind of life that God is calling us to live. Uh, I want to explore this passage in First Peter chapter 2 that we read a, a minute ago with you um, because this passage is actually showing us three specific things that we can do when things are not going our way, and it'll help us to, to handle that Well, uh, now, quick sidebar here before we get into the the passage, Uh, for those of you that are watching this and maybe you're not a Christian, maybe somebody is uh, forcing you to to watch this because you're over at their house for brunch or something. Uh, Maybe somebody sent this to you and and encouraged you to watch or you're just exploring or, or something like that. If you're not a Christian, you may feel like what we're getting ready to talk about doesn't apply to you. But I hope that this is going to help to to give you some new perspective on why we as Christians believe that following Jesus makes our lives better. Uh, Following Jesus does not always make our lives easier. In some ways, it it makes our lives uh, harder, but it does make our lives better. So I hope that becomes more uh, apparent to you uh, through the course of this sermon. Uh, But even if you remain unconvinced, uh, we always want you to know that that you are welcome here. We're glad you're here. Uh, Even if you don't believe what the rest of us believe that is just fine. Uh, you are welcome among us. All right, so let's get into this passage in First in Peter chapter 2 because I think this has some helpful insights for, for all of us. Uh, a little context here just to set the stage and, and give us some, some background. First uh, Peter is a book in the, the part of the Bible that we call the New Testament. And we call it a book of the Bible, but First Peter is actually a letter. It was written by a guy named Peter, hence the name. He wrote a second letter that's also in the Bible, so... 1st and and 2nd Peter is is what we call them. Uh, And this letter uh, was written by, as I said, a a guy named Peter. I know many of you have heard of Peter. He was one of Jesus's very first disciples. And in fact, he was kind of the leader among the disciples. After Jesus's death and and resurrection, uh, all pretty much of of Jesus's first uh, initial core group of disciples went on to to play a very prominent role in leadership in the early church. But Peter was like the leader of the leaders. Uh, Catholics believe that Peter went on to become the the very first pope, in fact. So uh, Peter would never say this about himself, but, but he's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. Well, he writes this letter back in the first century to uh, Christians who were in several different parts of the Roman Empire. So he writes this letter and he intends for it to be circulated around to, to churches in a number uh, of different regions. And, and the Christians that he's writing to at this time, they are facing some, some serious, serious adversity. In fact, they're facing very serious persecution you know at this time uh, the christian faith what was new on the scene and it was considered by many people to be a threat Uh, christianity was considered a threat by the roman government for example because these people called christians that they refused to worship the emperor as god Uh, so that was seen as like you know poor uh, poor citizenship poor poor patriotism in that way Uh, among Jewish leaders at this time. They they felt threatened by Christianity because they thought Christianity was a corruption of the true Jewish faith. Uh, Kind of your average, ordinary, everyday Roman citizen, oftentimes they were threatened by Christianity because these people called Christians, they didn't believe in the Roman gods that everybody else believed in. So Christians were facing all of this, this different kind of resentment, and oftentimes that resentment spilled over into active persecution. At times, Christians were arrested and and tortured and even killed by the Roman government. Uh, Christians who converted to Christianity from Judaism oftentimes were shunned by their family uh, after that. They were shunned by their their synagogue community that had been a a central part of their life prior to that. Uh, Many kind of average Roman citizens refused to do business with Christians, which could leave Christians in a very financially desperate situation. So so to sum up, Peter is writing this letter to Christians who are facing legal adversity and social adversity and financial adversity and more all at the same time. And as Peter writes this letter to these folks, he's trying to give them a word of encouragement, but he's also trying to give them a word of guidance. He wants to help them understand what they should do in, in the face Uh, of all of this stuff that is, to say the least, not going their way. And and part of the reason that the church hung on to this letter and and passed it down through the generations, part of the reason that this letter ended up making its way into our Bibles is because Peter actually has some really important things to teach all of us uh, about how to handle adversity well. Uh, So today, I want us to just look at this pretty short passage here in, in 1 Peter chapter 2. And I want us to see how Peter gives us three specific things that we can do when things are not going our way. So I'll give you these three things up front here. And then uh, we can move through them and and unpack what they mean for us and and why they're helpful for us. Uh, So the first thing is remember who Jesus is. Remember who Jesus is. The second thing is remember who you are. And the third thing is to be who you are. Remember who Jesus is, remember who you are, be who you are. Let's unpack each of these and, and again, figure out why it's, uh, why it's helpful for us. Uh, so first, remember who Jesus is. At the very beginning of this passage here, Peter is talking about Jesus. And he uses the metaphor of a cornerstone. This is like a a stone that forms the foundation for the the rest of a a building. And Peter says this. He says, even though this stone, talking about Jesus, even though this stone was rejected by humans, from God's perspective, it is chosen and it is valuable. What is Peter talking about here? Well, he's saying, uh, in essence, uh, hey, people, uh, don't forget... That Jesus himself faced extraordinary adversity, right I mean, throughout Jesus' ministry, he was constantly opposed by the religious leaders of that time that they slandered him, they, they mocked him, ultimately they, they ended up having him arrested and tortured. And then when Jesus was arrested, all of his disciples, including Peter, ironically, who's now writing this letter, uh, they, they all fell away. They all abandoned Jesus in his hour of, of greatest need, and they left him all alone. And then Jesus was crucified. He was put to death in this way that was humiliating and agonizing. And as he died, everybody around considered Jesus a, a failure. They considered him this loser wannabe. So don't forget, Peter says, that, that, that Jesus faced extraordinary adversity. Peter says that the, this stone was rejected by humans, and yet, and yet, Peter goes on, he says, from God's perspective, this stone is still valuable and is still chosen. What's well, Peter's point? He's saying, remember, as you think about Jesus, remember that, that the adversity that Jesus faced, that wasn't a sign of God's absence from Jesus, was it? No. Uh, the adversity that, that Jesus faced that wasn't a sign of God's disapproval of Jesus, was it? No, not at all. God was right there in it the whole time. Jesus is God. And here's why Peter wants us to remember that. It's because the same is true for you and the same is true for me. You know, when things are, are falling apart in our lives, uh, sometimes we, we think that um, you know, th- things are, are going wrong and that, you know, if there is a God, God must be nowhere in this, this cluster of a mess. We, we can think that, you know, if, if there is a God, uh, God must somehow be against me. And that can lead us to, to despair. And despair, of course, leads to all kinds of destructive behavior. But Peter is saying, no, no, remember Jesus. Jesus is proof that the hardships that we face in our life, that that's not proof of God's absence. That's not proof that God is is disapproving of us. Not at all. Because in Jesus, we find a God who is right there with us in the struggle. We find a God who is on our side. We find a God who is never going to abandon us to face the struggle alone. So when we're facing hardships in our life, remember, Peter is saying, that's the kind of God that we've got. Remember who Jesus is. That's number one. Uh, number two is remember who you are remember who you are in the middle of this passage uh, peter says this he says you talking to the church you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people who are god's own possession you know uh, when, when things are falling apart in our lives, when things are not going the way that we'd hoped or the, the way that we planned, sometimes we can start to feel like a failure, right? Or we can feel like we're, we're not good enough because we think if we were good enough, we wouldn't be in this situation. Or if we were good enough, we'd figure out a way out of this situation. I know a lot of us struggle with that, that feeling of unworthiness. And we can do some really destructive things to to try to numb that feeling of of unworthiness. But Peter is saying here, he's saying, don't ever forget who you are. Don't ever forget how loved you are and how valued you are. Remember, Peter is saying, you're a a royal nation. You are a a people who are God's own possession, right? Uh, He's saying, you know, God has adopted you. God has called you by name. You want to know how God feels about you? Well, God died to save you from sin and death so that God could be with you forever, forever. So so Peter's saying, don't ever let the hard things that you're going through, the harsh realities of life, blind you to your sacred worth. You are worthy no matter what, because God says so. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. That's number two. Number three. Number three is be who you are. Be who you are. What does that mean? Well, uh, in verse nine here, Peter says, You have become this people, meaning... God has adopted you. God has chosen you in this way. Peter says, so that, that's an important two words there, so that, meaning God has a reason. God has a purpose for you. What is that reason? So that, Peter says, you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness and into his amazing light. Peter is saying that that as a child of God, as somebody that God has, has chosen, you have a job to do. You have a purpose, your life has a purpose and that purpose is to share God's love with others, to reflect God's love to others. you know sometimes when things are falling apart in our lives, when things aren't going our way, when we're facing a lot of hardship, sometimes our instinct is to just kind of turn inward right And, and, and our primary purpose can become looking out for number one and, and taking care of our, ourselves only. That's a pretty natural response. but Peter is urging us to, to resist that impulse. He's saying, hey, don't lose sight of your true purpose, but keep reflecting God's love to others even when things aren't going your way. You know, one of the best ways for us to remember who we are as beloved children of God is to keep acting like children of God, to keep doing what we're supposed to do. And that means don't let adversity paralyze us. Don't let adversity keep us from fully practicing our our faith. Don't let adversity turn us into like passive kind of Christians, but but keep living out that purpose. Keep living out that identity, sharing God's love. Be who you are. Be who you are. Uh, The question for us is not, will we face adversity in our lives? The question is, how will we face it? How will we face it? Will we face it in a way that that makes things worse with all the consequences that that has for us and our health and our relationships and our faith and our relationship with with God and all of that? Or will we handle it in a way that keeps us moving forward, that that helps us to to be constructive rather than, than destructive? Well, Peter is telling us these three things will help us to handle adversity in the best ways possible. Remember who Jesus is. Remember who you are and be who you are. A final thought that I'll uh, lift up for us here. Uh, you know, last week, if you worshiped with us, we, we talked about why church matters. Uh, in particular, we looked at worship and, and why does worship matter? Well, this passage, I think, is actually giving us another reason why church matters. Uh, and that is that, that when we show up, And when we actively participate in church, when we do worship and we do small groups and we do mission projects and we volunteer, uh, all of that actually helps us to handle adversity in our lives. Why is that? Well, because uh, all of that that goes into doing church, all of that helps us with these three things that Peter advises us Do. I mean, think about it. You know, in the hard times that we go through in life, it can be really tough to to take a step back and remember who Jesus is. It can be really tough to to take a step back and remember that we've got a God who is always on our side, who is with us in the struggle. But if we're already in the habit of doing church, if we're already in the habit of doing worship and small groups and missions and volunteering and, and those kinds of things, then we've got these built in reminders already in our lives because. The church's whole job is to keep pointing us back to Jesus. And that makes a big difference, as Peter's told us, in our ability to, to handle adversity well. Uh, likewise, you know, in the, the hard times that we go through, it can be really tough to, to take a step back and, and be able to remember who we really are, that we are beloved children of God, that, that we have sacred worth despite what our circumstances might be trying to tell us. But if we're in the habit of, of doing church worship and small groups and missions and volunteering and, and all of that, then we've got these built-in reminders of, of who we are, right? I mean, it's the, the church's whole job is to keep reminding us of, of who we are. And again, that makes an extraordinary difference in our ability to handle adversity well. Likewise, uh, in, the, in the hard times, it can be tough to, to stay focused on our God-given purpose, It can be hard to to remember that calling that we have, that the primary purpose of our life is to be reflecting God's love to others. But again, if we're in the habit of doing church, worship, small groups, mission projects, volunteering, all of that, then we've got these built-in ways of reflecting God's love. And that makes a big difference in our ability to handle adversity. So all of that to say, all of that to say, when we invest ourselves in church, Uh, that's an investment in our health it's an investment in our relationships certainly an investment in our relationship with god because all of that is is going to help us to handle the the hard things that we face in life in ways that are constructive rather than in ways that are destructive i don't know uh, what hard things you're facing in your life right now. Uh, None of us know what kind of hard things we may have to face tomorrow or next week or, or next year. But what I do know is that if we keep following Peter's guidance, if we keep remembering who Jesus is, if we keep remembering who we are, if we keep being actively who we are, it may not always make our lives easier, but it will make our lives better. And that's what we want, and that's also what God wants for us. So let me pray for us. Oh, gracious and, and loving God, we thank you for your presence with us, Lord, that, that you're the kind of God who, who doesn't just stay up there above us, far away, far away, removed from us, but you're a God that, that's here with us in the struggle. God, we see this so clearly in Jesus that you're right here among us. You don't shy away from the hard things that we face, God. You don't shy away from our pain and and our struggles, but you enter into those with us to sustain us and and to redeem us and to lead us through. Thank you for that, God. Uh, God, we, we thank you for your call on us. We thank you that you've called us your own, that you've called us each by name, that you've given our lives meaning and and a purpose. We ask for the the strength and the energy to to keep living into that calling, to to share your incredible love with others, Lord. When we're struggling, so often we can turn inward and and we can focus on ourselves and it feels like that's the right thing to do and the natural thing to do. But God, help us to, to continue to find ways to reflect your love to others, so that we can continue to reflect uh, the, the love of your Son, so that we can continue to remember who you've called us to be. And in all this, God, uh, keep us moving forward through our struggles, through the, through the hard times. Keep us focused on that day that you've promised us, when you will wipe away every tear from our eyes, when all will be healed and all will be made right, and we will simply be with you in your kingdom forever. God, we thank you For all that you do for us. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You consider sharing it with a friend who might also enjoy it. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast here and give us a rating that helps us connect with more listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.